Kansas City Chiefs. And welcome in 44 to 23 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs over the number one defense in the NFL that belonged to the San Francisco 49ers. I'm Jay Binkley. We'll hear from you in just a minute. Producer of the night's operation, my longtime friend, longtime friend, Chris Nocero. Let's give it up for Chris Nocero. We were just talking about the 2015 Royals run in a minute. We, it's been a minute since we've worked together. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is it was a lot of fun being here today, watching ah, the game with you. We had and, to watch the game and engulf ourselves in it. What what happens? Yeah. What do we do when the Chiefs fall down? Ten nothing. What do you say? We'll, we'll be we'll be all right. We'll be all right. This, yeah. This, let's this, bet the money line for the Chiefs. This yeah, is the new attitude. This is the new attitude. You don't flinch, Marty Shot and I remember. Don't flinch, gentlemen. Don't flinch. Forty-four to twenty-three is the Chiefs uh, fall to the Forty ers uh, early on. They were down ten to nothing in this game. Don't forget they were down ten points in the Super Bowl to the 49ers team, 20 to 10, before beating the 49ers by 11 points. The 15th time that these two teams have met up as the Chiefs get the big victory today. And keep in mind, they played the number one defense in the NFL last week in the Bills. They're number one and number two. The 49ers jumped to number one. They're number two against the run, number two against the pass. Yes, the Chiefs put 529 yards in their ass. I'm not kidding. I mean, they spanked the 49ers. Even Joey Bosa, after the game, was telling James Palmer of NFL Network, the Chiefs were throwing everything at him. That's what the Chiefs do. They confuse you, and they want to beat you down. So it's funny when you see, you know, teams, like, celebrating and posing when they're playing the Chiefs. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for, because the Chiefs are going to come at you. They're going to come at you with the relentless energy like they always do. This is a good football team. Not like the pretending football teams in this division. You know, like the Chargers and Justin Herbert, everybody's All-American. Punked by Seattle at home, 37-23. to All the Raiders got a win over the Texans. Congratulations to the Raiders, their second win of the year. Yes, the Raiders just, man, the second-best team in the division, but they just got two wins <laughs> at this point. The, the Broncos, that, that is a, a shell of its uh, former self. We all know that. The Broncos aren't going anywhere. Probably again looking for a head coach again after this season is done. But this division belongs to Chiefs. It's funny that people picked against the Chiefs when Andy Reid's in their fifth all-time in wins, third all-time in postseason wins, one more, and he ties Tom Landry, two more, and he and Belichick all alone at that. But the Chiefs showed that toughness, everybody's going to say, well, the 49ers are a tough team. That's one thing people say about the Chiefs. Oh, they're a finesse team because the offense, they're not really. And I think a lot of this started last year with Melvin Ingram. I think when Melvin Ingram got here, they get just a, a shade of toughness that I think they were missing, believing in themselves, believing what they can do. You know, and we'll hear it for later. Patrick Mahomes is play, talking about playing Call of Duty with some of the young receivers and building chemistry. As funny as that sounds, and we've talked about it a lot here on the show, the Camp Pat, where they get chemistry playing on the field and off the field. When you can hang out off the field, you start building that bond. But the Chiefs were the tough team today. Five to one sack ratio over the Niners. The San Francisco 49ers that were second in the NFL in sacks. That's right, number two with 23 coming into the game. Had one. Chiefs 13th in the NFL in sacks with 14. Five today. Frank Clark getting the safety. And that was our Hellsburg highlight of the game. But Andy Reid continues to get the job done. The 49ers don't know what to do. The Chiefs have kind of become their kryptonite in a way. Kind of like we felt about the Colts. That's why it's so nice beating them a couple years ago in the playoffs with Andrew Luck. Because the Colts, he's still this year. You look who beat the Chiefs. The Colts did. This is the Kansas City Chiefs to the 49ers. Actually, Kansas City Chiefs to the NFC because they're always beating them. But the Chiefs found a way to play that tough football and beat them. This was the number one defense in the NFL. Like, they don't care. You remember last year when Patrick Mahomes went Grim Reaper 
Because Andy Reid looked at him and says, when it's grim, go be the grim reaper. And what did Mahomes do? He became the grim reaper. 13 seconds, goes down, ties the game against the number one defense in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. So what does this prove, Chris? What kind of equations does this prove? What hypothesis do we come to? Offense beats defense. Well, it used to be defense beats offense, but not with these Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the most interesting part about this is that they continue to prove that it doesn't matter how good your defense is. They don't care. They do not care how good your defense is. They will hang 30-plus on you no problem. And if they lose games, like the two losses they had this year, it's because their offense didn't play well. Yeah, so it's the offense let them down, and they continue to play good defense. The Buccaneers they beat earlier this year had a really good defense when they beat them. But the last two weeks, they're averaging 32 points a game against the NFL's number one and number two defense. And again, this 49, I know they had a little bit of injuries in the secondary, but total defense, they were number one. Scoring defense, number two. They only allowed 14.8 points a game. Chiefs put 44 on them. And keep in mind, two of those came from Frank Clark. But they give up 14 points a game, and the Chiefs rolled them. Number two in pass defense, number two in rush defense, number two in sacks. It's incredible what this team did. They outcoached the 49ers. This is a good football team. Went to the conference championship game last year, went to the Super Bowl a few years ago and played the Chiefs. They know what they're doing. They make the big trade. They make probably the biggest trade that's going to happen in the NFL this year, bringing in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they did have a larger role than I did expect them to. But all in all, the Kansas City Chiefs ran for 5.3 yards per carry. They ran for 11 more yards. Than the 49ers did today. But now it's time to hear from you. Let's go, no huddle. Edwards Hilaire gets the handoff off the first head, off the second half, off the third head, and into the sweet nectar of the end zone. Taking your calls now at 913 586 7610. That's right, taking your calls right now, 913 586 716. The Silverstein Ice Center's phone line, Kansas City's most trusted. I doctors also J Southland Toe Service text line same number 913-586-7610 if you can't call and you just like to uh, just like to send a text so now we'll head out to the Silverside Ice Center's phone line and talk to our guy Reggie in Anaheim what's up Reg? Hey man, not much man. These Chiefs whooping people's ass on a on a weekly basis that's what's going on man. Uh, I, I thought today's game was 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 exceptional especially uh, uh, during a special occasion where, you know, the 49ers uh, acquiring Christian McCaffrey, who's arguably one of the top five running backs uh, in the NFL, and uh, that gave them some extra juice. And uh, unfortunately, the juice was tainted because uh, the Chiefs came in and, 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 and kicked dirt all up in it. Today, that juice, man. I that juice was tainted, Reggie. Yeah, it was tainted, man. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it smelled like pee. Uh, we came in, the Chiefs defense came in and really asserted themselves. I want to point out to people out there who complain about the defense uh, all year that, man, you're playing you're playing rookies at corner and you're playing mid-round rookies at corner. And, and one of them got a pick okay, today. Man. How about that? An important pick yeah, for Josh yeah. Williams. Yeah, shout out to the HBCU uh, community. That's you right, know what I'm saying? Yeah, Fayetteville State, stand up. You dig? So, uh, I, I think that the, that they're really starting to find their groove. Uh, Frank Clark was looking good. I even saw Carlotta's rushing from the from the inside today. They put him in on the inside on some of those rushing downs. And, and Chris Jones said uh, came from the outside. That was wonderful to see. Came from the outside, exactly. So you're seeing some versatility. Uh, you're, you're seeing you're seeing the team start to get uh, get their get their bearings straight. And for anybody who who's not uh, who thought that not signing Chris Jones next year or letting Chris Jones walk 
in the offseason, that's not an option. The Chiefs need to re- need, need to extend Chris Jones uh, and keep as many pieces together on that defensive line so that we can continue to make headway. Man, good 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 game, guys. Good good off uh, uh, good bye week coming up, and and go Chiefs. Good stuff there from Reggie. Reggie and Anaheim very pumped up about this. I'm shocked he didn't get in the car and head up to Northern California to watch this game. Don't tell me he's at the it's Chargers. Like five game. and a half hours you know from what? L.A. Reggie's a huge Chiefs fan. Actually, you know what? That's a huge. That's a long ass drive from there. But there's a bar in Los Angeles, right? He's a comedian out there. Yeah. But there's a bar in Los Angeles. A bunch of Chiefs fans. The Chiefs Kingdom congregates in Los Angeles. It's kind of like from Philly, where all the Chiefs fans congregate, but there's a place in L.A. Yeah, I'm not driving five and a half hours. Reggie's like their leader, man. That's not Reggie's their leader. Let's I go, don't blame him for staying at home. Let's go back to the Silver Sign Ice Center's phone line, and we'll go to Shawnee and talk to Big T in Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey, not much. Being good, uh, good talking with you, man. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, so I called in earlier this week to the, to the Dustman Show, and I gave him a list of reasons why we were going to crush the hell out of the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yeah? And, and we just got a better team. I I thought it was disrespectful for Vegas and all these people, uh, Chiefs minus one. Come on, that's BS. I, I said that we would do what we did to Tampa Bay. We would do the same thing to Frisco. Hats off to our defense today. Good job. The line played great. Frank Clark was balling out, had a sack and a half, and a safety, Chris Jones. And, and the rest of that line, the guys are just playing well. The linebackers and then that secondary, man. Uh, way to go by those young men. A couple interceptions. And that was a that was a, a big interception by Williams. I think uh, Sky Moore should take uh, that whole defense out for dinner. He, he 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 that defense bailed him out with that fumble. But but we need Sky Moore. We, he's got to keep the setup. He needs to do better. But also being that offensive line, baby, they were playing. They were balling out today. They gave uh, uh, Pat uh, the trigger man, or the best trigger man in the league, plenty of time to throw. Uh, the, the guys were running the ball good. Hilaire had some nice runs. McKinnon. And they did a, just a fantastic job. But, but, but our Einstein coach with the Einstein brain and the offensive mind, great play calls by him, uh, way to go by the OC. And, you know, they, they brought out that jet sweep. We've been hearing this, oh, why aren't they using the jet sweep? Why aren't they doing this more, everybody? Well, Andy Reid, if you look what he does, tonight, he's just not going to do it just to do it to peas, everybody. He's going to bring that bag of tricks out, and he punked Frisco on that play. You saw what Bosa did. He went run upfield. He got depleted. That was a perfect executed play with, 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 with Hardman. The, the blocking was fantastic, and he finished it off with a touchdown. And speaking of Nicole Hardman, I love me some CDOT and, 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 and RP, but they have been bagging and trashing, bad-mouthing McCole Hardman all year. I wonder I wonder if they're eating that plate of crow tonight and washing it down with a pale L, or they're putting a little bit of Gates barbecue sauce on it. McCole Hardman, two Marvin Day's uh, record. Two rushing touch plus touchdowns and a receiving. Way to go, McCall Hardman. Keep your head up, and it's a long season. We can't just use all the plays when people want to use them. Just eat that crow. See Dot and RB, and as always, let's go Chiefs. There you go, Big T and Shawnee. And Chris, you and I talked about that. Since the Super Bowl era began, I mean, it's the first Super Bowl, Chiefs Packers, which has been a minute. He's the only receiver ever to have two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdowns. But, I mean, the pump pass is essentially like a jet sweep. Pretty I mean, much. You're, just, you're pushing it forward. And they're it's getting, just a safer version. It's a safer version because yeah. if he fumbles it, big it's deal. Just it's pass. considered a forward pass yeah. because you might say, well, why does the quarterback do that instead of hand it off? Well, he's push passing it exactly. because if it falls on the ground, it's guess not, what? It's not a fumble. You get the ball back. It's that simple. 
Let's go back out to the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line and go to Josh in Overland Park. What's up, Josh? Hey, what's going on, Jay? I know you're going to crack open a cold one here for That's soon. right. Crack that um, cold one open. You got to, my friend. Um, what an amazing game by Frank Clark. As much as people diss on Frank Clark, but, I mean, did he show up? Back to, to old school shark, man, being in the water. Chris Jones is immovable. And the difference that Willie Gay makes when he's on the field, just so much energy, and he shoots shoots the gap so effectively. He had he had Jimmy Garoppolo running for his life. Um, I'm just happy to see the defense. Big shout out to Fayetteville State. Uh, Josh Williams got picked on by by Buffalo, and San Francisco thought they could do the same thing. Good good show out for a rookie uh, coming from a small space to a big stage. Shout out to North Carolina. All right, Dave, man. Hope you have a wonderful night. Thanks so much. Take care, my friend. Good stuff there. Yes, I mean they're they're young in the secondary, but they're only going to do it better. I mean, the first part of the season, you kind of grow. Remember last year, the team was had only two wins, and Buffalo beat them. They were two and three. Then they were three and three. Then they were three and four. Like, I think we forget last year, as good as the Chiefs ended up going to overtime in the AFC title game. Again, Patrick Mahomes has either gone to the Super Bowl or overtime in the AFC title game. And yet people continue to be like, well, what about Justin Herbert? Well, Justin Herbert's getting his ass beat at home while Mahomes is on the road winning a game. It's that simple. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that you take any other quarterback over Patrick Mahomes. It's not because we're doing a show in Kansas City. Just wouldn't. I mean, he's the perfect quarterback in the perfect situation with the perfect head coach that knows football right now as well as anybody in the NFL. Bill Belichick, you know, he's still the master. He's got 31 postseason wins. Andy Reid's sitting there 19. But again, two more, and he's in second place all alone. With Bill Belichick. They're geniuses when it comes to the game of football. They know exactly what they're doing. The 49ers got a taste of that today with the Kansas City Chiefs. They were throwing things at them they hadn't seen. Remember they were going to go for a field goal? Remember Robbie Gould was going to kick a field goal, and the Chiefs did this little kick thing, which set them off sides? I mean, all of them moved their legs at the same time. That's a trick play the defense runs. And we've seen trick plays all year. You might not think they were trick plays, but they were. Like Legeria Sneed. Like he's going to go back in coverage and he's messing with his gloves and his face mask. Remember that play, Chris? Like Legereus needs like, like, like he like he's got something wrong with the equipment. Yeah. And then he like blitzes and gets a sack. The Chiefs do a really good job, like on the offensive side too, where they've had they've had multiple plays where they've had like Travis Kelsey act like he couldn't hear the calls that Patrick was going, and then as soon as the play the ball snapped, he runs his route. They do this all the time, and I I love that. So they're good actors. They're very good actors, and it's very creative. Because you don't see that a lot at the professional level. Usually, it is something that you see at the college level. So the the Chiefs have, have shown a lot of creativity on both sides of the ball, really. Because we saw that with the with that field goal with that field goal as well. That unfortunately got wiped out because Sky Moore decided to drop that punt. Yeah, but, Sky Moore, that that was a problem. He dropped yet another one. Yes. He doesn't need to probably be on punt returns. Doesn't need he, to be returning punts anymore. He, it's tough to get those underneath, the, you know, when you have to bend down to get them. But, I mean, you don't want it to come back and bite you either. Yeah, just you don't want the it way. to come back and bite you in a certain situation. So that that is the part where they believe in the young players, but eventually that might come back and bite you. Let's go out to Phoenix and talk to uh, Sandra. What's up, Sandra? Hey, Bink. It's great to hear your voice and great to have Chris back with your show. Oh, it's great having Chris. Appreciate yeah. you, Sandra. All right. We're like we're Listen. like uh, we're like we're like a good mix, you know, like good Levi's, uh, good jeans. Is, is that a, is that a uh, reference because of the 49ers? Chocolate like Reese. Uh, is that a 49ers know. reference there because of Levi Stadium? <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah, uh, see what I did there. 
and that's a little sexy too. That'll keep me going all week. <laughs> Listen, first of all, referencing the fake outs, you know, Eric Stone Street, I think he was on Rich Eisen's show, uh, said he took credit for teaching the players acting so that they could do stuff like that. What well, State Farm might come to remember State Farm with Andy Reid? Like Andy Reid, yes, who doesn't do commercials, cool. ends up on a commercial with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe the rest of them. I, lo- I love that. Listen, I had a question for you. I feel like the 49ers might have blown a 10-point lead to the Chiefs before. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> they like doing that, don't they? And they like to pose and get excited. Oh. So, oh, okay. They talk a lot of junk, too, because Frank Clark made sure everybody knew it in the post-game locker room by th- saying things that I can't say on the radio, but uh, talking about uh, they were in their mouths a little bit, just a little bit. In the well, Chiefs, Charverius, yeah, Charverius Ward. I'm so glad to see him get burned. I mean, normally I have love for an. Yeah, we're used to but... seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank Can't say you. I haven't seen Bye. that, Sandra. <laughs> have fun tonight. All right, we will. We'll have uh, partying on Garth. It's exactly what we're doing at this point. It's a celebration of the Kansas City Chiefs because. They are five and two. Are you are you concerned that all the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Because I'm not. Because last year they had the two game advantage and beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium, only to pee down their leg the following week against Tennessee. They were bombed at home by the Colts, 41 to 15. They lost on the road to the terrible Jags because they were much worse last year than what they are this year. They're still not a great team, but they were terrible last year. Okay, wait, wait till the end, man. Chris, you grew up in Missouri. I did. Show me state, man. I uh, last year I was very concerned because they lost by 18 points at home to a team that they had no problem taking and, care and of I in the conference you, championship. Mahomes game. doesn't lose games by one to one score. Yeah, he doesn't lose but games. That like one that. the Titans game he did. Yeah, that was an anomaly. So that concerned me, and, and especially the Titans game. I was pissed after that Titans game. Believe me, that was not the kind of game that you want to lose like that on the road against a team that you're probably going to have to face in the playoffs. You got to take. You got to take. You got to take account that you might play them. This this but this Bills game from last week though didn't concern me because the defense played so much better than they had any reason playing against that offense. And I know that they had those drives, uh, you know, like at the end of the first half there, the touchdown drive. But to hold that offense to 24 points to me was a win for the defense. Your offense just didn't execute. You left points on there. You had two bad turnovers. That, to me, was the reason why you lost, not because of anything the Bills did. It was because you made mistakes that cost you that game. So, to me, really encouraging loss. I mean, I, I, as much as I know that it's, it's hard to say that with this team because you expect them to win championships. We're past moral victories, We're Chris. past moral victories, but that's as close as you're going to get. Right. That's as, as close as you're going to get to a moral <laughs> victory being the Kansas City Chiefs. So I actually wasn't that deterred by it, and I was pretty confident going into this game, even though I knew that I, I we all knew that the 49ers are a very good team. And the Bengals are starting to play good, too. They're 4-3 and three now at this point, but keep this in mind. It is tough to repeat. It is tough to be the bad guy with the target on your back. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. I think it was great with the NFL Network and everybody downplaying the Chiefs. I do. I think that's good because they weren't hearing, hearing how good they were, which they easily could have, but they didn't hear that. There was enough noise out there to fill up bulletin boards on the Kansas City Chiefs. I like that. And they make I do too. I love I love it when Nick like, Saban loves it too. He said he calls it rat poison. Rat he poison says, we need yeah. rat poison, man. I, I like it because I feel like it gives the Chiefs something to push for instead of just being complacent. And they've they already have a bunch to push for anyways because of the way the last season ended. But you got a lot of young guys on you know, especially in that secondary. You know, they got a lot of youth there. Got a lot of youth on the D line there with um 
with with some of their their younger players. Like Colin Saunders had a big game. You know, Carl like Saunders. Player. He's often oh, forgot. Yeah. He's but he's when he plays well, that D line plays really. There's well. a reason why the Chiefs were third in the NFL yeah. against the run, yeah. which they usually aren't even close to. They, they were number one not against even top the Bills. 10. But Colin Saunders plays with a bit of an attitude. He does. I don't know if you've noticed what Colin oh, Saunders oh, yeah. is doing on the field, but he's rarely talked about. Stats aren't going to blow you away, but he plays like a tough guy, man. Like he's got that attitude. That's the Colin Saunders and Chris Jones can be unblockable right. times as well. Yeah. But Colin Saunders plays with the dude, man, and I like it. I I will say this though, um, the Bills last year had the opportunity to be the top team in the AFC when they beat the Chiefs. That was their spot to lose. And they lost it really quickly. Lost to the Titans on Monday Night Football, and they just fell apart in the middle of the season, losing to teams like the Jaguars. <laughs> this is just what they do, and this is there's so much pressure on the Bills right now because if they fail to win a Super Bowl this year, it's going to be one of the biggest abject failures that a team has had because they've shown that they are capable of beating the Chiefs now well, in two they, seasons. If they don't want anything, I think the word chokers. Chokers, absolutely. I, I think the Chargers can be labeled that to some extent. I mean, oh, yeah. Especially they, 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 after they today, got spanked yeah. at the home by, by, by the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, it's a team that people are believing in. Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. It's not working out uh, with their head coach to himself cost that team last year a chance at the playoffs. This is from NFL Research. Uh, this is a list of players with the most career games of 400 passing yards in three touchdowns since 1950, All right, Since 1950, the uh, most uh, career games of 400 yards passing and three touchdowns. Drew Brees did it 12 times. Peyton Manning did it 11 times. Dan Marino, 11 times. Tom Brady, the GOAT, 10 times. Patrick Mahomes, eight times. The first four, Brees, Manning, Marino, and Brady, played 242 career games, okay? They all played 242. Mahomes has played 70. 70, and he's already putting up these historical-type numbers. I mean, honestly, it's incredible what this team continues to do. Let's go back out to the Silverstein Isolators phone line, talk to Zach out in Olathe. What's up, Zach? Hey, Pink, how are you doing? Good, Zach. What's going on with you? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I just was uh, out at, was out at Twin Peaks out in Olathe watching the game, so I'm just having a little fun feeling and everything thing absolutely um but yeah i just want to put my two cents in about today's game i mean great game i mean despite despite a little bit of some setbacks i mean this game was uh was what needed to happen i mean the offense played great the uh defense played great but i do but there's two things i do want to uh point out is that i think today was mccall hardman's uh you say I would say it, this was McCole Hartman's breakout game with with those two touchdowns on that jet sweep. But you know what, though, Zach, this is a good thing about the Chiefs because we can look at it and say, all right, this is a McCole Hartman game, right? Remember a few years right. ago in Buffalo, it was the Dan Sorensen game because he had like a pick six and sack. So that's what's cool about the Chiefs are production comes from all over the place, like Juju back to back one hundred yard games. But this, yeah, you can say it's McCole Hardman game. That's what's cool about this team is in the year they won the Super Bowl, that 2019 team. They had a, they, the first six weeks they had a different leading receiver in all six of those weeks. I mean, you have to have different guys Agreed. step up, you know. Right. And another thing, I another thing I do want to point out is uh, is I really think that with, with the sacks that we got and the, and Frank Clark getting those two sacks, including the safety, I will say this. Um, 
Carrington Harrison, I listen to him on the drive every day. I know he's been really critical about Frank Clark and, and his production and everything. I'm just really looking forward to seeing what CDOT has to say tomorrow um, about about Frank Clark's uh, uh, productive game today. Well, I think even and, Frank would tell you that, yeah, he needs to be more productive. You know the coaching staff has said it before, too, to motivate him. A little baby. He's a hell right. of a player. He's a, he's a hell of a player. He can make a hell of a difference. I think he's come in with a different attitude, to be honest with you. He's right. helping the younger players like Karloftis. This is a different Frank Clark than what you've seen right. in the past couple of years. That leadership role has really started to bite him a little bit. Uh, and he is becoming a great leader. But, uh, you know, at times he hasn't lived up to, to, to who he can be. And I think that's a frustrating part sometimes. You see, we know how good he can be. And today, he well, he showed that. Absolutely. So, like I said, I'm just – I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, CDOT has to say tomorrow on the <laughs> drive about this. So, but th- but anyways, Bink, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet, I man. Hope you're, hope you're doing well, man. All right. I appreciate the call, Zach. I really do. This is for you, Zach. 49ers are four of nine, interestingly enough, on third down. Third and nine from their own six. Garoppolo from his own end zone. Big chase! Hit of the end zone! And down he goes! A safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. Safety. Two points, Kansas City. I looked at Chris. Chris looked at me. Two hands above the head, making safety gestures like the late, great Derek Thomas. It reminded me so much of those 90s those games. Those taped-up gloves. And yeah, he had the, he had the gray uh, undershirt underneath. Yeah, and the, uh, and the, uh, ar- the arm yeah. sleeve, the, yeah. uh, the black arm sleeve. The, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. And the I just, it, just it, it brought me back to, yeah, to, to my childhood yeah. in the 90s yeah. when All-time he would favorite get those player plays. with the Chiefs was Derek Thomas. No yeah, up until Mahomes, it. yeah. No, well, I mean, still, I'm DT, man. I'm, I'm Mahomes. Now. I'm DT. That's well, obviously, that's, a, that's, that's an easy one to take. Let's go to North Kansas City and talk to Brett. What's up, Brett? Pink, so glad to hear you, man. Hope you're doing good. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Yeah, well, I tell you, it's a delight always to hear you, man. You're so engaged. You're so you're, you're so knowledgeable about football in general. Love seeing your drafts when those come around, you know. Uh, but man, tonight, thanks, man. Appreciate man, it. I was, I, I, yeah, man, you're awesome. But tonight, I have to tell you, man, I haven't felt this excited seeing that second half since the Super Bowl we won. You know, like we looked unstoppable that second half. The defense, where you been all year? They looked great. You looked like badasses, so- didn't they? Looked like badasses, didn't they? Unbelievable, unbelievable. And then my son, I had to tell you this. This is why I call my son. He goes, Dad, who's the new number 10? I said, well, ain't Tyreek, you know, let's go. Man, we got this. We're a team. We are a team. Uh, we look unbelievable. I think there's a lot of unselfish players on our team right now. We, I think we're going far this year. You know what? I think there is a lack of unselfish uh, players. And thanks a lot for the call, Brad. I appreciate the kind words from you. But, yeah, it's kind of an unselfishness. But here's the thing, Chris. I mean, the NFL is built, honestly, for you to go 500. Well, it used to be 8-8, eight eight, but now it's the 17th game. But it was built for you to go 500. Why? Because the schedule is basically the same except for two games. You play everybody in division. You play the same AFC division. You play a rotating NFC division. And there's two extraneous games from the AFC. But it depends on where you play them. Do you play them on the road? Do you play at home? They like to even things out. Remember Marty's teams? Want to be really good? You know, 14 <laughs> yeah. wins, and they go down. They to go like in seven games. Seven. Yeah. I mean, it was up and down. And finding consistency in a world of inconsistency is the toughest thing to do. Like 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 sailing a boat and, and the waters get choppy, yet it doesn't matter if they're choppy or smooth, you're gonna be the same. And that's Andy Reid. I mean, his worst record with the Kansas City Chiefs is nine and seven. Think about that for a minute. That was in 2014. They were seven and three, by the way, and they lost the Raiders, the 0-10 Raiders, on a Thursday night. 
and that de- did derail the season. That but was, that was embarrassing. They still were nine to seven, and they, that's the one year they didn't make the postseason. But to continue what they do, and again, the last four years, Chris, either the Super Bowl or AFC title game in overtime, and who knows with the new rules, maybe they win that New England game because the Chiefs they, they got the, the Josh Allen rule would help the Chiefs against Tom Brady. I I've said this for years. The Chiefs defy what the NFL is built to be. It's built for you to be great for a short period of time. Two to three years, maybe. Three years is pushing it. But usually it's a couple years you're great. You might have, like, your one year where you're a champion. You're, well, you're like in the, the Super Patriots. Bowl. They were good. They went a little bit of hiatus. Yeah, they went and a little bit of hiatus. But, but even then, they were still able to playoffs. buck the trend. But it doesn't happen often. But the NFL is built for you to go worst to first and then back to worst in a few years. It just happens all the time. And the Chiefs have defied that since Andy Reid came to Kansas City. They've only had one year where they did not make the playoffs in 2014. And and because of that, it really makes having to plan against them, especially when they got the kind of roster that they have where you know their quarterback's going to be great. You know their top pass catcher and, and, and Travis Kelsey's going to be great. You know they're going to have playmakers on defense. You know that there's going to be playmakers in that, in that um, receiving core, in the backfield. It makes it really hard to have to plan against it because you know they're going to be great every single year. And and it has to be really frustrating to coach against this team because you know that no deficit is enough. I mean, we saw that Monday Night Football a few weeks ago when they played the Raiders. Down 17 nothing. Everyone's like, oh, what's happening with the Chiefs? Oh, they win that game. You know, today, down by 10. I remember I, we were, I was in there with you. I looked at the at the betting odds, and the Chiefs went from a slight favorite to a pretty big underdog. Yeah, the there. Chiefs will make you money, man. If they, you bet them money, they'll make you money. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, plus 130. They're down by 10. Chiefs are money makers. I man. was like, well, sign me up. Let me take these people's money. And that's exactly what happened because the Chiefs are one of those teams that it doesn't matter how much they're down. You, I mean, you have to absolutely embarrass them. And they still might come back on you like they did against the Houston Texans. So yeah. I, it just has to be so frustrating to coach against this team and as a fan to root against them when they're playing your team because you know that no deficit's enough. It's frustrating. It's that cutthroat mentality, Mahomes. You don't want to leave them too much time. By the way, the Dolphins lead Pittsburgh 13-10 on Sunday night football. But, yeah, that, that's who the Chiefs have become. It's that chip on the shoulder. They are a tougher team to play. Because it's not your daddy's Chiefs anymore. They're different. They've had to become different without Tyreek Hill. They became a different entity, a different animal, which is made it's helped them, to be honest with you. They're not as predictable. And they're not predictable. They were still good. They were still good. And last year, defenses figured them out a little bit. Remember towards the end? But at the end of the year, they, they straightened things up. They righted the ship. Ended up being the number one uh, scoring team in points per drive in the NFL. But this year gives them a completely different wrinkles. Still going to go out to the Bay Area and hear from the sideline report of the Kansas City Chiefs. Josh Klingler. But coming up next, Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show right here in your home with the Kansas City Chiefs. 16 Sports Radio. I'm Jay Bingley with Chris Nocero. Chiefs win today 44 to 23. Um, don't bring your number one defense for the Chiefs. They don't care. Like, literally, they don't care. 
This next guy will care. You'll see him on the news tonight. You'll hear him on the radio. You'll hear him all over the place. His name's Pete Sweeney. We go to Pete Sweeney. Pete's appearance brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of 610 Sports Radio. Pete, this was a lot of fun tonight, man. Yeah, I think especially after how disappointing it was to see the Chiefs lose to, to Buffalo, this was exactly what the doctor ordered as you head into a week off. This was what the Chiefs offense we thought it could be in the preseason. They lived up to every part of that, and the defense played well. There were some struggles at the beginning, but I, I just think the amount of big plays the defense made is just such a, a good sign and good feeling as you head into what will be a week without Chiefs football. You know, was this the most complete offensive team we've seen? I mean, you know, I think about this game. They were down 10. They came back and won. Uh, I felt they were more physical than Niners, ran for more, and they got five sacks compared to one. But – we're seeing back-to-back games by Juju over 100 yards. Uh, you're seeing MVS and Juju start doing the things that you would think. So everybody's like, do we need o- Odell Beckham? What do we need? Do we really need this? Do we not need this? I mean, the Chiefs offense, to me, looked as good tonight as they have all year. If the team can play like this and and how they played after they went down 10 to nothing and, and to go on the run that they were dropping what would be 44 points to 13 points in, in that run, and I, I don't know if you need even a defensive end. We did see some pressure on the quarterback. We, I don't know if you need a, a tackle. We did see the offensive line play a little bit better, I think. It seemed like the, the running backs, although they, they did give Pacheco the first nod, it was still running back by committee. And not that the yardage was necessarily there, but when they needed to pick up yardage, they did so. And the, uh, the offense and really the team as a whole looked as it's good as it's been since the beginning of the season. And so I think you're really careful with the trade deadline. I think if you can do a move and it's not going to cost you any picks or too many picks or it's not going to make you have to pay and, and be sacrificing money that you really didn't want to spend for future years and, and, and in that sense, then, okay, maybe maybe you do it. But I feel like if the team plays like they were able to tonight, what, what else do you really need? I, it, that's the reality I, I think the Chiefs uh, kind of have with themselves now. And I, I think as they look in, look inward, there's a lot of introspection that goes on with the bye week. They're going to determine, okay, do we really need anything? And, and we'll see if Brett Beach makes a move. Well, Bosa was talking after game to James Palmer of NFL Network with Chiefs just throwing a bunch of stuff at him. Like, like trying to eliminate his effectiveness in the game, throwing things at him. And this is what they do. Do you think the Chiefs evolved a little bit, Pete? Because were they becoming stale four straight AFC title games? The people we thought maybe figured them out a little bit, although not much because they did make the AFC title game. And this really is a new-look Chiefs they're having to get used to? Well, we've seen phases of this where they were opposing defenses were having success against Mahomes with the man coverage, and then it was more of the zone. And right lately, again, it's been back to a little bit of the man. And you can see that the Chiefs are cognizant of what opposing teams are, are doing uh, against them, and they're finding ways to, to beat them. I mean, you had wide-open receivers th- today that, that maybe you haven't seen be that open down the field in a long time. That, that throw to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I, I feel like we've been waiting for that throw almost for like two years in, in a sense just because we don't have as many of those those deep shots. And for those Chiefs to have the breakthrough, I, you know, I, I think you you had a bit of a breakthrough. It was it was sort of that offense of old where, I mean, for such a long time it was you, you blink and the Chiefs can put up 21 on you. And I, I think they got back to that tonight, which is very, very encouraging to see. Yeah, they'd be so frustrating to play. You get down behind them, you don't know what's going to happen. Pete, the running game, a lot of talk about the running game and the Chiefs. Pacheco is going to get his chance being the starter. 
But we all know being named the starter doesn't really mean that, you know, at the end of the game, you're going to have more carries or numbers than anybody else because they truly do go with the hot hand. But Pacheco did have the eight carries. It's not like 20 carries or 25. Clyde with the, you know, six for 32 and a touchdown, very productive. Hardman on the jet sweeps. McKinnon, two for 12 yards, not a bunch. But this running game kind of went as we've been talked about or we've been sold by the Chiefs that it's going to be the hot hand. Do not pay attention to the starter. Well, Pacheco got got the first snaps today, which yep. I, I thought was encouraging. I, I, te- I tend to think he fits best, best as that early down back, this one-cut north and south type power runner that can hopefully pick you up four or five yards on, on first down. I, I, I like the move, but what's interesting about it is they're remaining, they're still having him kick return. So if he breaks off a big kick return, as we saw in the second half, he has to come out for the first few plays anyway. So it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's job again, and, and we saw what happened on, on, in that sequence. Pacheco got him down the field to start the half, and then two plays, two, three plays later, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was running a 16-yard run into the end zone. And so I think they like each, and all, each of these running backs. I, I think they all do something well, and they all will have their role. But this is a, a realignment in a way of, of what I think they do best. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that as well, but I, I just think Pacheco fits more as that, that early down guy, whereas McKinnon and Clyde offer you stuff that's, that's more maybe through the air, you know, like, like they, you would use maybe in Washington with a, a McKissick, for example. Well, Clyde's a very uh, good receiver back from that, Joe Burrow. I mean, he's very good at catching the football in the backfield when asked to. Right, right. And I, I just I really feel like that their, their roles fit. Um, and whereas maybe before they were a little bit out of their roles, uh, and you saw what happened tonight. I, I think in in having those fits, you saw what it could mean for the success of the offense. Yeah, and McKinnon's an incredible blocker as well. I mean, oftentimes goes overlooked because of his size. He's an incredible blocker that they really trust uh, back there with that team. Pete, I want to talk about this defense um, for a little bit because one guy that I don't think gets any buzz whatsoever is Colin Saunders. Uh, if you watch yeah. him this year, I mean, he's not going to blow you away in the stat book. But his attitude's about as good as anybody on the defense. Like, he brings a chip on the shoulder and an attitude, and he'll let you know when he hits you. And I like that. This is a different Colin Saunders than we've seen. And Frank Clark, to me, we, we talked about that leadership quotient. He seems to have it because he's willing to, like, take Karloftis under his wing and help the younger players. But Frank Clark seems to be in a different mindset as well. But those two guys in particular really stand out to me as they've done all year. Stats might not blow you away, but their attitude does. Yeah, Colin Saunders, like when we do this thing in training camp in St. Joseph, you, you know, we come up with 53-man rosters, and we try to project it and whatever like that. And quite honestly, heading into this training camp and preseason, Colin Saunders might have been player number 53. Yep. We weren't sure if he was going to crack the roster. You know, they had brought in Taylor Stallworth. They had brought in Danny Shelton, who it felt like midway through camp might be able to do it. And Colin Saunders really showed up knowing, I, I think, that he had to prove something to keep his job. And he did so in training camp in the preseason. And then when Turk Wharton goes down, it just opens up more opportunity. And it's really, I think, this year very quietly, as, as you alluded to, it's reversed his career a little bit. Because I, I think this was a guy that was going to be on the outside looking in, and maybe he would, he would bounce around and get a job elsewhere. But he proved he still belonged with the Chiefs, and you're seeing that production out of him. And it makes a difference. Like when the tackles are, are cooking, it does make things easier for the defensive ends. That You saw Chris Jones on that first sack. He actually was lined up outside, and they had Karloftis inside mm-hmm. taking up two blockers himself and it just the defensive line is one of those things that that every if you can get one or two guys playing really well it makes things easier for the other men along the line and and this felt like 
the best game for the defensive line all year, and you hope that that continues because we've seen it against the Chiefs. If you can get pressure with four, it really does change the game for you in a good light. It was 529 yards for the Chiefs offense. That's six all-time with the organization. Here's the funny thing about it, Pete. It's They're tied for six all-time with three games already over 40 points. If you look at Dick Vermeil's 2002-2004 team, they did it four times in the season. The records that 2018 team did it five times. We, we haven't even gotten to the bye, and they've already done it three times. Do we take it for granted sometimes just how good and consistent this team is considering everybody's out to beat them? Like the Chargers make moves to stop the Chiefs. And, look, they get bombed by the Seahawks at home. The Broncos make this big move of bringing Russell Wilson. Yes, he was hurt today, but the Broncos suck. The Raiders just got their second win today. Congratulations over the Texans. But it, isn't it kind of remarkable when you see these other teams, they make moves to counteract the Chiefs? Like Buffalo, I'll give them credit, Von Miller was a move to stop the Chiefs. But to consistently do what they're doing in an era of the NFL where they don't want you to do this? We, we are ex- extremely spoiled in Kansas City with, with Patrick Mahomes and, and football. If you're a football fan in general and – you were watching Red Zone earlier today. I mean, there is just bad quarterback play around the league everywhere. And even from, from names that that we were familiar with being good, like Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady. And Patrick Mahomes usually plays pretty well. There are some games, right, that he, he can play less than we're used to. Uh, but a lot of times that's still going to get you 21 points on the board. Where You're right, like in Denver, Russell Wilson looks done. I know he didn't play today, but he, he looks done and he looks cooked. And you have even younger quarterbacks around the league that are still going through their struggles. And so, yeah, I think sometimes we do take it for granted. And, and, and I think in a way, too, it's we know what Patrick Mahomes is capable of. So when there is a disappointing game, it's just, it's just frustrating in that sense. This offense is capable of putting up big points, and you saw them break through today. It was fun to see Valdez Skin had a 40-yard reception and a 56-yarder. Juju had a 45-yard touchdown, all good with the Kansas City Chiefs offense, the defense Flashes, I think it's a hell of a job this year by Spags and some of his uh, confusion he's doing. Pete Sweeney will be on uh, on TV tonight, NBC 41, I guess, tonight, Pete. Yeah, I'll be on Sunday Sunday Sound Off. Okay. Just finished recording that, and uh, keep it locked in at ArrowheadPride.com. We'll, we'll have some articles posted about some, some of the things that were said after the game, and uh, we will be doing and, and voting on our, our bi-week awards um, on Monday. Well, and, that'd be fun. And we'll be seeing those articles throughout the week. Yep. It's Arrowhead it should, Pride. It should be a good time. Arrowheadpride.com, your one-stop shop for all Chiefs information. Mid-season awards, I'll be definitely checking out that. But uh, Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider, good talking to you, my friend. All right. <laughs> He's about to do it. You got it. You're the fastest producer ever. He was going to do Smell You Later. You got him off before you could. <laughs> uh, it, sounded, it didn't sound right. It didn't sound right. It didn't sound right at all. But um, you know what I'm saying. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, we'll take we'll take a timeout. We come back. I'll talk to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, and you. Don't forget, I will take your calls throughout the show on the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line, 913-586-7610. Back with Josh Klingler from Northern California next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Talking now to the sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, live from uh, Northern California in San Francisco, where the Chiefs, once again, they fall down to the 49ers. And by 10, and then you come back and make a game look like it was never down by 10, Kling. Man, 
and they were uh, they were pretty excited about that victory too. The way it happened, and yeah, you don't want to dig a deficit, but they just kept fighting. And then obviously to look at the scoreboard and see them put up a 40 spot again on a number one ranked defense. Yeah, um, you know, did it in Tampa. They did it today, and uh, pretty emphatically as well. And then the defense, I'll credit the defense too. They, you know, they gave up some stuff early and, and adjusted, and then finally got the pressure on Jimmy G and really kind of changed the game that way too. Obviously, getting a big interception huge, but I thought that they made some nice adjustments during the game as well to, to, to factor into this one. But yeah, Mahomes, the passing attack, the ability to get to the outside and take advantage of the aggressiveness of. San Francisco pushing up the field. I thought they dialed up some really good stuff, to, especially to combat you know, Nick Bosa today. Well, the 49ers are a physical team, but when you look at the tail of the tape, the Chiefs had more rushing yards, and they had 5-to-1 sack ratio. Two, two major things there in being a physical football team, but that was Kansas City and not San Francisco. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, I thought it was the difference, too, when they started getting the pressures. Beginning of the game, they were not defensively, and uh, – they uh, flipped that over and then ended up kind of winning that battle up front, getting Frank Clark involved, getting Chris Jones involved. Uh, Carlos Dunlap showed today as well. So I thought got a lot of guys involved defensively, and that's the key to this defense, man. you got to get some stuff going in the trenches up front. And it makes it a lot easier on everybody else. And uh, I thought once they turned and kind of started getting the heat on, uh, that, that helped to, to kind of flip the switch defensively anyway. Well, Kling on the postgame always did the Hellsburg highlight of the game, and there were so many to choose from. I picked the sack by Frank Clark. I don't know what that did to the sidelines, Kling. You're down there, but going up 37 to 23 at the point, you know, Frank Clark had gotten that half sack, and he goes back there and gets the sack for the safety. There's nothing more exciting uh, than a safety. I can't imagine just kind of what that did to the Chiefs' sideline and what that did to the crowd. I think that was the knockout blow. Okay. Know, that's when people started heading to the exit. That's when the Chiefs started, uh, you know, a lot of the offensive guys, started, you know, taking the gloves off and handing it to the crowd and uh, leaving their helmets on the bench. I think that was the that was the knockout. You know, they felt like that, that was kind of the, uh, the the key spot of the game. Yes, they, they did still play offensively, got down and punched in another um, a Cole Hardman touchdown after that, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that felt like, okay, now you got them right where you want them, that, uh, that they weren't, there wasn't going to be any comeback today. No, there wasn't. And, you know, fans are getting excited about the 49ers team, especially, I mean, their, their season's not going quite like they thought it was, but they trade for Christian McCaffrey, and he fits perfectly into the offense and what they do. But if you're a fan of the 49ers, do you feel like a Chiefs fan with the Colts? Do you feel like, what do we have to do to beat this team? Because they're like the kryptonite of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're, the Chiefs are obviously Maybe. that with the Niners. I think a little bit different because you're in different conferences. Okay. So it's probably not quite the same because – you know, if you face them again, it's not till the till the very end at this point. But but yeah, you got to feel a little bit snake bit. I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, this place was pretty juiced with the you know, Christian McCaffrey appearance today and playing, and then obviously him getting involved early really gave them a, a bump uh, fan wise in the building. So I felt like that that was obviously a key uh, bolt of energy for them early on, and I'm glad that the Chiefs were able to to counter that. And, again, digging a deficit, not ideal, but never saw any panic. Uh, at halftime, it was a very quiet group that came, very business-like group that came out of the halftime locker room. And then, um, you know, I think once they kind of punched in that, I think I want to say it was the final McColl touchdown. Um, you just saw kind of an exhale. The offense was staff, a lot of smiles on their face, and a lot of, you know, job well done at that point in time. But I, I'm just impressed with the way, you know, they keep putting top-ranked defenses in front of them, and they just continue to kind of chew them up and, put up a bunch of points. Uh, 
you know, I don't think there was anything wrong with, again, the Buffalo game. Buffalo kind of beat them on that day, but they showed that they can move the football against a really good defense. Tampa, obviously, was doing a lot of talking. There was a lot of talking going on today, too. Mm-hmm. You know, a few times Chiefs players were kind of – kind of uh, the offensive guys were kind of, you know, uh, signaling to the other sideline and didn't appreciate their, their, their chatter. But I think they kind of shut them up with the scoreboard. But um, So to face another, you know, highly ranked defense today and, and come away with it with another big offensive performance is huge. That's not the bus uh, honking for you, is it, Clayton? Because i got to be careful because uh, you don't want to miss your bus. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, final thing for you here, Kling. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, one thing I always kind of it, – it's kind of remarkable about them. They don't panic. They don't flinch. You know, Marty Schottenheimer used to talk about, don't flinch, gentlemen, don't flinch. It doesn't seem like they do. Do you ever see any kind of panic set in whatsoever? Is it kind of like just the attitude, okay, here we go again, we have to dig in? I mean, I think frustration can set in at times, but definitely not a, a shell shock look. Other than, I think, you know, right after the game at Indy, we all felt that way, right? I mm-hmm. mean – we, we all felt a little shell-shocked. But, no, for the most part, it's what are we going to do? And there was another key moment in this game, I thought, where uh, Patrick Mahomes came off the field and they had just scored and he gathered the offensive staff around him. And I, I pointed out it during the during the broadcast and grabbed the, the coaches and, and they, they weren't sitting on the bench. They were standing on the sidelines kind of in a circle. And Patrick was just going through everything he was seeing on the field mm. and making the adjustments offensively. And, and uh, it just seems like – when the going gets tough, they kind of just kind of bunker down and put their heads together and come up with a solution seemingly as a, as a group, especially on offense. I mean, we see it kind of right in front of our faces on offense a lot with all the, uh, the minds that they get involved in the offensive huddle. But, um, yeah, I, they, no panic. Uh, they're, they're always pretty calm and cool and collected at times, you know, frustrated when things aren't going well. I mean, we're no doubt frustrated early on in this game, but had plenty of time and, and obviously able to, to right the ship and win going away. That's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs sideline reporting. Josh Klingler, also co-host Fesco in the morning. You heard it right there. I mean, Kling's right there on the sideline. You get the perspective uh, like none other because uh, Kling's right there, and he's got a bus that's honking at him as well. So, Kling, uh, always look forward to it. We'll hear you in the morning. Hopefully you'll get home at a decent time and be right in here with Bob and uh, be them. Thanks, Bink. Wheels up. Let's go. Wheels up. Let's go. All right, Kling, take care, my friend. Thanks, Bink. There you go, Josh Klingler from the Bay Area there, the sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, also co-host Fesco in the morning as the Kansas City Chiefs beat the 49ers 44-23. And this one was fun. I can tell by you guys, the tone of your calls. You guys are having fun. And, you know, sometimes you guys have fun, sometimes you don't. But the bottom line is you're watching the Chiefs. I mean, how's, are, we, are we getting spoiled? Are we getting spoiled here in Kansas City? I'm just asking. I mean, I did this post-game show back in 2012. Remember that? Remember the banners? <laughs> I was the one Romeo Cornell said, would you assume? Yeah, that, I remember that cut. That was me. Yeah, I remember that. It makes an ass out of you and me. I was there. I, I asked him that question. I mean, things are different. This is a winning team. You expect it. I'm not a Kansas fan. You're not a Kansas fan, Chris. Uh, but they just they don't care about titles. I'm a, I'm a reformed Kansas but fan. But they don't care about the 14, you know, Conference championships, and yeah. the, they had in a row where they, they care they about championships. Yeah, yeah, they care, they about, care about titles. Yeah, no, I, it's the same. It, and it's and it's it's kind of like first world problems when the Chiefs go and lose in the in the conference championship game. It's kind of like being mad at your seventy inch TV. It's not right, seventy five. Exactly. Like oh, somebody's got seventy five. Like it, it's Damn, very, my neighbor Larry's got seventy. No. Exactly. You know, it's it, it's kind of like being mad that your your neighbor got the the new Lamborghini while you've got a Corvette. You know, like it it it's very much first world problems here. 
But, like, that just kind of comes with the territory. Like, that's the reason why I don't really get on, like, Kansas fans a lot. Because that's what that's what you know. When you are, when all you know is your team going out and being a title contender every year, that's what you know. And certainly a team that isn't in title contention, those fans might just be happy with making the playoffs or even winning a playoff game. But here in Kansas City, it changed. it's changed. We expect to compete for championships as long as we believe that we have the roster to do it. And the Chiefs have the roster to do it. So those are going to be the expectations, even if it would be unfair to expect a team to do it every single year because of the nature of the NFL. Yeah, 100%, 100%. By the way, uh, let's look at the offense for this team. 529 yards. Again, it's pretty historic with this team as far as doing that. But keep in mind who they did it against. It wasn't like the last place defense. Um, So basically what they did is really you had to step back and pitch yourself a little bit how good the offense was considering how good the defense was the Niners. But with Juju and MBS both accumulating more than 100 receiving yards in today's game, Marks the 31st time in franchise history that a pair of teammates recorded at least 100 yards receiving. Chiefs hold an 18-13 and 13 record in those games. Last week against the Bills, they did the same thing. It was Juju and Travis Kelsey. And keep in mind, Kelsey was two yards away. On National Tight End Day, he was two yards away from being the third receiver over 100 yards as Mahomes continues with – we didn't really talk about him before 23-3. and three. I know, right? I mean, we don't even – like any other you quarterback. expect it from him. Yeah, like we people will be talking about Joe Burrow's performance today. Oh, Mahomes had 423 Mahomes had four eh, – eh, it's just another day of the office. Like that's – and that is just crazy how he isn't the biggest story of the game even though he put up that stat line. But like Joe Burrow's going to be the story of the game for the Bengals and their win over the Falcons because he put up that stat line. But for Mahomes, it's just another day at the office. Here's something else that uh, might blow you away. Carlos Dunlap, you know, when we talk about Dunlap, like earlier we talked about Colin Saunders, you know, like yeah, Florida Gator. Like, yeah. like no one talks about Carlos Dunlap, you know, and no. what he's meant to this, this team and the attitude wise. This is the NFL record book for most passes defended since 94, right? It's been a minute since 94. Number one, Jason Taylor. 99 passes defended. Julius Peppers, number two. 82 passes defended. And coming in third, Carlos Dunlap. J.J. Watt is fifth, by the way. Carlos Dunlap with that batted pass. He's now got 71 passes defended. Third since 1994. Does he have a a sack on the year? I do believe Carlos does, yes. Yeah, because I know know before the season when he signed with the team, he, he said his goal was to get to 100. This year. So I, I'm really hoping he gets there. And uh, I, I I would be very proud. He's if, got two. He's got this two. Year, actually. He's got two this year. So he needs two more, I think. I think he needed four. So I would be very proud if he were able to get that this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he's had an incredible year. 98 career sacks, as you mentioned. He's two away from. Yeah. Just crazy. Which he really wants. And that's a good thing when you yeah, play really want something like that because. But it's like what what Mahomes said about Kelsey after the game. He was talking about he didn't really care about the you know the accolades. Big deal, he got 100 yards. Like he doesn't care about that, even though he's gonna be the Chiefs' all-time leader by far in 100 yards. Uh, he's got the current second longest uh, current active streak catching the football. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's now at 132. I assume DeAndre got one today because he would be at 137. Well, Hopkins, back of- Hopkins played Thursday. Thursday, excuse me, Thursday. Yeah. So Hopkins, but he did get a reception, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had, so he's oh, at he 137. Big, oh, he, had big, yeah, he, he had a, a big huge game. game. He, had a huge game. 
He's yeah. at 137. Kelsey's at 132. Yeah. So that's the update as far as that's concerned. Speaking of MVS, he caught up with the man we just talked to a minute ago, Josh Klingler, uh, live from the locker room in San Francisco. He had a chance to catch up with the man that had a 40-yard reception and a 56-yard uh, reception in this game. Marquez Valdez-Scanton, we just call him MVS. With MVS, big offensive day today. A lot of fun getting the wide receivers involved. What did you guys see out there against this defense? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a good defense. You know, give them credit. Um, but we're, we're a good offense as well. And so we were able to kind of, um, you know, slow their pass rush down. They got it on us early. Um, and they were able to kind of, uh, you know, create some havoc back there. And, um, you know, but once we settled in and we're able to get the ball down the field and get everybody involved, I think that's the beauty of this offense is that everyone can have a day, um, no matter you know, what number it is. You know, I think uh, we had three guys close to 100 yards. Um, pretty much all the wideouts scored uh, besides me. Um, you know, it was just a good day all around for our, for our room. Hey, you helped one, uh, helped a couple for sure, though. I mean, you got some assists in there for a couple of those touchdowns, huh? For sure, and that's what it's all about. You know, I don't care who, who gets in the end zone, as long as we get in the end zone, because um, that's what it's about. You know, as long as we get the W, you know, I don't care if I have, you know, 100 yards or zero yards, if we get the, the W, that's all that matters. In some ways, were you taking advantage of their defensive aggressiveness yeah. and using that against them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, they're a good defense. You know, give them credit. They've been good all year. I think they were the, you know, first or second defense um, in the league uh, up until today. And we were able to, you know, go and, and attack some of their, their aggressiveness that they have been showing all, all year. What to say about this offense? Another defense that was number one in a lot of categories. You guys come in here and put up 40. Yeah, I mean, it just shows that what we can do and what we've been talking about all year. You know, it's not going to be just one guy that uh, that guys can key on. You know, everybody can make plays, and we've shown that, you know, week in and week out. You know, and this, today was another testament of, you know, what we can do. This offense can where it can go. So what was your best assist today? Was it uh, you, you, you came over on, on Juju's touchdown and – you, ha you had that last blocker if he needed you, right? Or maybe a jet sweep or you were in there laying a block? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, I don't, need, I don't need any other credit for that. You know, those guys made those plays. You know, any way I can help out, you know, that, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but those guys made those plays, and I'm just happy to see my guys in Enzo. How focused was this team to, to bounce back after last week and not have a second? going into the bye. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. You know, um, obviously, you know, we're, we're racing for, you know, our, our division um, and then, you know, racing for, you know, the, the playoffs down the road and being able to bounce back after, you know, a tough loss last week to a good football team, um, you know, come in and, and beat someone else, you know, at their home. Um, the way we did was, was good. What you doing for the bye week? Um, I don't know yet. I haven't, haven't decided yet. Um, I'll make that decision when I get home and see how my body feels. Got to figure out what coach is allowing too, probably yeah. at this point, right? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Marquez, congratulations on the win. Thank you. All right, Brad, that's Marquez Valdez Stanley. So, MVS right there. Yeah, they were the number one defense going in. Don't know if they're going to be tomorrow. Chiefs are dream killers, man. You may have the number one defense, and you're like, okay, when do you play the Chiefs? It doesn't matter that you're number one defense when the Chiefs are going to come in and lay over 30 on you. Well, as they've done right now, they've already laid 40 points uh, three separate times this season. The record's five for the Kansas City Chiefs in the season. They did it uh, in 2018 as well, and they're well on their way. Uh, to doing that to that mark with the Kansas City Chiefs. But how good are the Kansas City Chiefs? How good is the offense? Well, I love that attitude by MVS. And <laughs> remember Sammy Watkins, former Chief Sammy Watkins, said that Aaron Rodgers playing on a different level than Mahomes? Really, man? Really? The Packers have lost three straight. How bad do you think MVS likes the fact he's out of Green Bay and with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, that different level quarterback, he's right. He's right. He, that is a different level. 
Like, he is playing on a different level than Mahomes. The problem is that level is not as good as Patrick Mahomes. But he's right. It is a different level, I suppose. But I'm sure MVS pretty pleased uh, to be out of Green Bay where the Packers have lost three straight games to the Giants, to the Jets, and to the Commanders. I'm curious how many Packers fans, like before the season, when you go W's and L's, like we all do when the Chiefs schedule comes out, we look, all right, W, W, L, L, L. And, uh, well, a lot more W's in this town than L's. But Giants, Jets, and Commanders, three straight losses on that. And they didn't even sniff 30 points in those games. This team does get the points. Another guy that had a big game, uh, the first receiver in the Super Bowl area to have two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. Kind of an afterthought because we're talking about Juju, we're talking about MVS. But old friend McCole Hardman had two carries, 28 yards in today's game, and also receiving the football uh, we saw four for 32 and a touchdown from McCole Hardman in today's game. And I think we'll look back at this and think, all right, that's a McCole Hardman game. We'll hear Hardman in just a minute with Josh Klingler. But first, let's go back to the uh, Silverstein Ice Center's phone line and talk to Neil in Lone Jack. What's up, Neil? What's up, Jay? What's up, Chris? Man, you know, today was interesting. Um, starting at the very beginning of the day with getting the breaking news that uh, Pacheco was going to get the start. I really didn't know what to do with my fantasy team. Because I have him and Clyde and Don't Patrick flinch. and Juju. <laughs> I have all of them. You know what I did? I played all of them. And they rewarded me. And thank God for that. Um, hey, that's ballsy but, against know, the number one defense, right? Yeah, that is. I, I mean, I, it is. I like it, though. I like the swag. But that's against the number I, one defense. And it goes against every fantasy rule. But the Chiefs do man, defy those rules. They are the asterisk. It's beautiful. I took a screenshot of my team play. And I, I put it on Facebook. And I said, boom. Take that number one defense. It was beautiful. But, you know, the game didn't start off too great, really. I mean, they were giving up way too many rushing yards. Kling talked about how the defensive line wasn't getting pressure. Didn't look good for really at least half of that game. But, but you, know you know what, though? We've the seen this movie. Is, Have we not seen this movie before, Neil? Like, remember 17 yeah, I mean, nothing by the Raiders? Like, they, they just keep doing it. And you might say, well, the Chiefs can't just keep doing this. Well, they keep doing it. <laughs> and they, they fall down. And then the odds go, if you bet in game, the odds go against the Chiefs. And they, like I said, they make people money, but they get down and they do not panic. The good, the good thing is it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And by golly, did they finish like world champions today. I'm so proud of this effort today. It was great. Um, I got to give props to the offensive line. Last year, last week I was crushing Wiley and Brown. They were a lot better today. I mean, it's just amazing how well they can play against number one defenses. Yeah, we, 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 we let one get away from us last week. We didn't finish the game last week against the Bills. But you know what? If we play like we played today against the Bills, good luck to the Bills next time we play them. I'll be praying for you guys. And I'll also be praying. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this week off. It's going to be nice. going to enjoy it. The only thing I'm going to enjoy more than this week off is getting back to the grind and kicking the Titans' ass. I can't wait to get revenge against that stupid team. Because we are going to kill them. We're going to kill Jacksonville and whoever we play next. Good luck. The Chiefs are on a roll. Buffalo, can't wait to see you again. <laughs> Great stuff, Neil. Remember the old song, Chiefs are on the warpath, go Chiefs go? I don't like Best that song. Best used to play that all the time. I know, I don't like that song. Chiefs are on the warpath, it's go a little, Chiefs It's go. a little dated. It's back when I had the season tickets in the 80s, man. <laughs> Just take the bus out there before I could drive. Yeah, yeah it's a little dated. It was 75 bucks a year. Oh, yeah, because they, they were terrible. They were good. They, remember the turf field? 
Yeah. That, well, you, I don't know if you remember. That I, mean, I don't remember, but, it was but I've field. seen I've seen it. Yeah. Do you know the turf field resides in my living room? Some of it is coasters. Oh, you got a little bit of it. Yeah, they, I have some of that turf. Is, is, that, oh, that, is that like the old school AstroTurf? Yeah, it holds oh. it holds my beer. Yeah, the old AstroTurf. Like, it's basically carpet. It's, it's a terrible. beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. No, it's not. They make great coasters. Oh, well, yeah. Do. They don't make great playing surfaces, but it makes great coasters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was You're very. Leaving. It was very thin carpet. They used to play on it at Veterans Stadium in Philly, and they everyone hated it because. <laughs> You're basically being tackled on asphalt. Well, it, it's a bunch of guys just coming together. How many guys they have in the Pro Bowl? Does it matter? All pros, does it matter? What they have is a team. What they have is a well-functioning team. Let's go here and hear from Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we were talking about McCole Hardman. This audio brought to you by uh, Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. We heard Josh with MVS. Here's Josh with McCole. getting you to the edge today what was big about trying to kind of expose maybe their over aggressiveness and coming up the field and getting you some stuff outside i mean it was just uh it just really worked right right today you know what i'm saying uh the jet suits was, was very open um they was kind of open pursuing a little bit uh kind of took advantage especially when you're that close to the goal line man uh it's kind of easier to get in there especially when you're like 30 yards out but um i think we did a good job blocking it up and scheming it up very well and calling it the right time i was gonna say did you have those in your head that those were going to happen today, or were they just working? I was just working. Um, I didn't know it was going to go hit like hit like that, you know. Uh, but we was on the five and eight, and, and I see I hear Pat call it, man. It's kind of one of those like, yeah, I got I got a chance to go. How big was it? You know that this was a very good defense coming in. You guys put up another forty point performance on a, a top defense. What's that say about this offense? I was just clicking at the right time. Man. I think our chemistry growing uh, week in week out. Uh, we led by one of the best quarterbacks, well, the best quarterback in the league, uh, and Pat and um, one of you know one. The best tight end in the league in Trav. So when you got those two guys on your team, man, on the offense, and they lean the way and uh, you know, you know, lean by example, it's kind of hard, you know, to like stop us from getting in the end zone. So yeah. What was this week like, the, getting the bounce back, and how big was it to get a win here going into bye? It's all preparation. It's all it was. It's all just preparing the best way we could, and and you know, what I'm saying, uh, and get everybody energy back right, and and just you know, going out here and execute. What are you doing for the bye? Uh. Chilling for real, man. Just going to chill out with the family, man. Probably stay in KC, go home for like a couple of days, but get back and just chill, get off my feet, get healthy. Didn't know if you guys had time for the college games or not this week. I might go back to Georgia Florida play this weekend. Um, so it's in Jacksonville, so I might see if I can uh, go down to that one, but we'll see what's going on. You know exactly where that game is. You're yeah. going to that one. Listen to you. You know where it was. We're going to see what's going on. It's in Jacksonville, though, man. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Congrats on the win. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Brad, that's McCole Hardman. So there's Josh Klingler with McCole Hardman, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Keen City's home for car audio since 1967. They can walk around. Georgia Bulldog, McCole Hardman, they love him down there. He can walk around anywhere he wants down there. But yeah. you know the game's in Jacksonville. Yeah. They don't care, but Georgia fans will love him. Yeah, they'll love him there, but certainly if they – you know, they're trying to not do that game in Jacksonville anymore. It used to be the world's biggest cocktail party. Yeah, then they, they changed. They said the, we can't promote drinking. Yeah, we can't promote drinking, so they changed. I can't remember what that, it is now. Not that everybody's not going to be tanked. Yeah, exactly. Like, just keep the same name. Why are we going with these? These? It's not. I wouldn't even consider that PC uh, because it, you have beer ads. That's all, what it is. You have beer ads all over these games and gambling. Yeah, well, not ga- in college, but not, you yeah. do have nil now. Yeah, well, yeah, they, yeah, they don't, yeah, exactly. Which so has changed like, the game. Exactly. Bring back the cocktail party, man. Yeah, call it the cocktail party again. That's, I mean, I still call it that. I mean, they I'm are kids, but it's kids making millions of dollars. Yeah, they were calling it way. I mean, they were they were. It was like up until like maybe five years ago they changed the name. Yeah, it's like I'm still gonna call it the world's biggest <laughs> cocktail party. Well, you heard a couple of receivers there with Josh Klingler. 
And something Patrick Mahomes said after the game, it really stood out to me and uh, about his receivers. And we've talked a lot about that Camp Pat. And whether you want to believe anything to it or not, I mean, it, it is what it is. They build chemistry because they hang out off the field, on the field. I think that was incredibly important. I think Andy Reid knew how important that was. Like, instead of having Juju and MVS and all these guys in for the first round of OTAs, he's like, okay, you take him, Pat. You take him. That's leadership shown right there by Patrick Mahomes that he takes these guys in. I want to learn who you are on the field and off the field. And you know what? That stuff comes back. Like, you can believe it or not. But leadership does show itself at certain times, especially when you have a deficit. This is Mahomes after the game. We're playing Call of Duty. Plays Call of Duty with his receivers. I know it sounds funny. It's a video game, whatever. But you know what? This stuff works. Yeah, I don't I don't play uh, all the time, but some of those guys play. And so when I had a kind of a free night on Friday. And so I told him, I was like, I'll get on with y'all for a little while. And so it was me, uh, Travis, Marquez and Juju and Marquez and Juju are really good. Me and Travis are just all right. But we did our part and we went three for three with with three wins in Warzone, which I don't do often, which I, they might. But I don't. So I felt pretty good about it going into the game. He says you guys have developed some chemistry. Did it feel like it playing that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's cool when you get away from the facility. Um, I mean, you're doing like, I mean, it's kid-like things, and uh, you, you're on the headset, and you're kind of talking and joking around, and 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 talking about the week. Uh, it kind of gets your mind off of just football, and it's about building those relationships. And so, uh, it, it's definitely cool to kind of see these guys, even if it's on the game outside of the facility. You be a kid as long as you want, Patrick. You put the headset on, you play Call of Duty with your with your receivers, because you know what? That builds chemistry, Chris. And you know what? How many kids around here play Call of Duty? Saying, ah, it's pretty cool. My quarterback plays uh, Call of Duty. I, I hope. I know that Modern Warfare 2 is coming out on Friday. I hope uh, they decide to, to hop on there. And oh, he me, might get on there and play MVS. Me, sounds me like and, my, he fr- me and my friends can wipe the floor with him. Has anybody played MVS or Juju? Sounds like they play all the time. I'm, su- I'm sure that they play. I'm sure that they play a lot. I, I very much would relish the opportunity to wipe the floor with them on Modern Warfare 2. Well, here, we'll hear more from the Kansas City Chiefs locker room in just a little bit. But coming up next uh, after the break, touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. Chiefs get another victory tonight. Getting uh, used to saying this, 44-23 over the 49. I guess it was today, or tonight, whatever you want to say. The Dolphins doing their best job trying to lose against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 16-10. to 10. But this is something we do each and every week. The voice, you heard him just a minute ago on a commercial. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, we do touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis, brought to you by Tola Mordu. When it's game time, it's Tully time. So raise the glass this week's Tully touchdown of the game with Tola Mordu Irish Whiskey. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Hartman waits for a block, and he gets the 15, 10, explodes, dies. The Jets has landed the plane. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City. Well, it was the 49ers getting on the uh, board first against the Chiefs, 10-22 in the first quarter. Robbie Gold did a 30-yard field goal. Culminating a 10-play, 63-yard drive that took 40-38 off the clock. So it's 3-9 in San Francisco until 6-29. Guess what? Those guys once again. Christian McCaffrey is in the game again. Recently acquired from the Panthers. And he is in the backfield to the left hip of Garoppolo. Second down goal to go. 49ers at the 8. 
Leaning three to nothing. Garoppolo waiting for somebody to fly open. Now he throws it up for grabs. It's caught on the far side for a touchdown by Ray Ray McLeod. It's an eight-yard touchdown pending the penalty. And it may be on the Chiefs here for roughing the passer. So this put the San Francisco 49ers up 10 to nothing on the Kansas City Chiefs. We've seen this before. But they don't panic. They don't flinch. 629 in the first quarter. Ray Ray McLeod gets an eight-yard pass from Jimmy Garoppolo. Four plays, 34 yards, 214 off the clock. Then with 207 left in the first quarter, it would be McCole Hardman's first of three. Christian McCaffrey is in the game again. Recently acquired from the Panthers. That was the wrong one. That was the 49ers. We don't want to hear that again. Now the Chiefs have first down and goal to go at the eight. McKinnon stays in at running back. Well, to Hardman going left, gets a block inside the five. Hardman squeezes into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City on a flip pass as McCole Hardman takes it for eight yards from Mahomes and gets great blocking on the left side. It was a really nice drive by the Chiefs against the number one defense in the NFL. Nine plays, 73 yards, 422 off the clock. That eight-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes. A pump pass, push pass. And again, why they do that stuff is because if Cole Hartman fumbles it, that's an incomplete pass. And you see a lot of quarterbacks doing that in the NFL. So that was the end of the first quarter, 10-7, 49ers. Robbie Gould would kick another field goal, a 50-yard field goal, 12-11 left in the second quarter, making the score 13-7. That was until... Guess who? Telenoa Hufanga is back in the game at safety. Tenth play of the drive for the Chiefs. They trail 13 to 7, 718 to go. Now a quick handoff goes to the right side on a jet sweep. McCole Hardman 15 inside the 10, breaks a tackle, stays in bounds, and hops into the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City! It is a jet sweep of 25 yards to the sweet nectar of the end zone by McCole Hardman. Cole Hardman hit that sweet nectar in the end zone, 25-yard run right there. And again, Super Bowl era, first receiver to have two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. That now belongs to McCole Hardman in the Super Bowl era. Ten plays, 90 yards. This is a hell of a drive for the Chiefs. 5:02 off the clock. That would be your halftime score. Kansas City 14, 49ers 13. Then in the third quarter, it was guess who? Somebody I call Louisiana Hot Sauce. And nobody calls him that uh, with me, Chris. Now a right side off tackle run. Everett's in our 10. It's on the 5. Right front pylon. Touchdown. Kansas City. A 16-yard slash that surprised the 49ers as the Chiefs ran right by Nick Bosa for the touchdown. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, not the starting running back anymore. Isaiah Pacheco is 16-yard run. Harrison Butker, extra point, three plays, 33 yards, 132 off the clock, extending Kansas City's lead to 21-13. I say Louisiana hot sauce. Dude's from Louisiana. Went to LSU. I wish that would catch on, but it just... He's not good enough. But on this show, we we talk about it. So, 21-13 Chiefs at this point. Robbie Gould would kick another field goal for the 49ers, this time a 49-yard field goal, 11 plays, 52 yards, 547 off the clock. For the 49ers, 741 left in third quarter was that score. Then with 331 left in third quarter, it was the Kansas City Chiefs once again extending their lead to a man, well, just catches touchdowns. First down goal to go for the Chiefs at the three. Play action fake. Mahomes grips the ball. Fires it late. Caught in the back. 
back of the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. Justin Watson gets to gargle the nectar for the first time since the Charger game on a four-yard strike from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lead 27-16. So Justin Watson got a taste gargling the sweet nectar of the end zone. That was a four-yard pass from Mahomes, nine plays, 75 yards, 4-10 off the clock. That was the final score of the third quarter. It was 28-16 Kansas City at that point. But the 49ers would make it a little bit close because it is tight end day, right? It is tight end day. So would you expect a touchdown by a tight end, Chris? It's one of those things. Would you expect you it? you think so. You'd hope so, at least, at least for our sake. Yeah, you'd, what you'd hope so. It happened. Three of eight are the 49ers on third down. They have third and ten here at the Kansas City 15. 28-16 Chiefs Garoppolo in the pocket fires for the end zone and reaching up and grabbing it for a touchdown is George Kittle. Jalen Watson was there defensively and not in a bad spot but Kittle is just so big that he just reached up and got it and Garoppolo finds Kittle for the touchdown. 14-16 in the fourth quarter eight plays 75 yards closing the gap a little bit is 28 to 23 at this point Kansas City Chiefs with the lead. But this is McCole Hardman's world, and we just pay rent. Chiefs are under center with Mahomes this time, leading 28-23. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they're going to bring it on another jet sweep. This worked earlier. It's going to work again. McCole Hardman had a jet sweep touchdown earlier. He gets another jet sweep touchdown. The Jet landed Jets all over the Bay Area, and Hardman's had a day, and the Chiefs go back on top with a touchdown to answer the touchdown, a lead of 11. This is when they really started pulling away. Three-yard run there uh, by McCole Hardman. His third touchdown of the game. Six plays, 80 yards, 333 off the clock. That was a 10-43 left in the fourth quarter. But it was 35-23. to And even though it's not a touchdown, this was fun because this is really the dagger. 49ers are four of nine, interestingly enough, on third down. Third and nine from their own six. Garoppolo from his own end zone. Big chase, hit of the end zone, and down he goes. A safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. Safety, two points, Kansas City. Huge safety, 37 to 23 at this point. That was the dagger in the 49ers because they had to kick the ball back off the Chiefs. It's 8.49 left on the clock in the fourth quarter in the game was that. And then... With 6.05 in the in the, uh, the final quarter, it brings us up to our touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So raise a glass this week's Tully touchdown with Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. I have to, and I mean I have to give it to this guy. Because I've wanted this guy for two years. He's here. He's had back-to-back 100 yards games. He goes by the name of Juju. Chiefs have third down and six at the San Francisco 45, leading 37-23. They load up the left side. Kelsey is in a tight slot that same way. Time to throw over the middle. Juju Smith-Schuster wide open, 25-20. Jukes to safety, 10, gets a block. Angling near side pylon, touchdown, Kansas City. It is yards after catch all day long. A 45-yard touchdown reception by Juju Smith-Schuster. And this game is a play-by-play guy's dream. Calling Chiefs games. Mitch, you know, always great touchdown calls. 44 points by the Chiefs, including that great safety by Frank Clark. Remember, this is the number one defense in the National Football League, the 49ers. Number two scoring defense. They give up 14 points a game. Chiefs, by the way, the number one scoring offense coming in this game. And the offense uh, scored them 
at a mark of a, right about 30 points a game, 29.8. That's good for number one in the NFL. So you the number one scoring offense against the number one scoring defense. You tell me. It was 44-23. That was the final score. NFL put out a tweet earlier this week, Chris. He said, is this the best offense in the NFL? And there was a picture of Jimmy G with Debo Samuel, with Christian McCaffrey. But anyway, that was Touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Tullamore. Tullamore do. Or was that the NFL put that out? Not not Pro Football Focus. It was the NFL. You know, Pro Pro Football Focus. Every time they somebody acquires a good player, they post a bunch of pictures like who can stop. That's this? your group now, man. <laughs> that's my. That's my. Yeah, I work that's for your them now. now. I work for them now. <laughs> I don't know the people on the social media. That's team. your social media. Group. I need. That's I need to group. find that's out. Your, that's one of your employers. I need to find out who does that. I'm right. like, stop doing that. We'll take our uh, final timeout. Of the day, we'll come back. We'll go back inside that locker room. Here's sounds from the locker room brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. Chiefs get a big win today, 44-23, kind of avenging that loss last week against Buffalo. Again, two straight weeks of playing the top two defenses in the NFL. And the Chiefs, they just you know, they don't care about your number one defense. They don't at all. They played tough and they played physical. Five sacks for the Chiefs, just one for the 49ers. They were number two in the NFL in sacks. They get to Mahomes one time. So, you know, it's one of those things the Chiefs are working on. The protection for Patrick Mahomes. Again, you're going to get the best out of your half-billion-dollar quarterback when you block, when you protect for him. But the Kansas City Chiefs move into the bye week before facing the Tennessee Titans at home this time on November 6th. That's a uh, 7:20 game on NBC. So once again, a night game for the Kansas City Chiefs. They have next weekend off. It's tough, Chris, though, when you roll into a bye week after an ass-kicking like this. Yeah, you did not want to lose this game. Well, I guess you, it's better than thinking about a loss. Yes, you, you just don't want to lose right before the bye week like that, especially after you lost to the Bills the week before. So this was – and that's why I thought this game was so important for them because you got to get the bad taste out of your mouth from the Buffalo game. And then you got to go into the bye week and get some rest – and I guarantee you, if they would have lost this game, you know how restless those guys would be? And we need these guys to rest up during the bye week because football is a very dangerous sport, and these guys put their bodies on the line. They accrue injuries throughout the season, and they need to rest. And we don't need any of these guys going out here and putting in too much work during the bye week when they need to be resting their bodies. So it's very nice to see that these guys going out here, getting a dub, on the road, now they can take some time off. They can chill and then get back to work next week. Not only that, but beating the physical football team. Like the 49ers are known for smacking you in the mouth. Yeah, they're they, very they, well coached. Very not, tough. That is not a finesse team. There's a reason why they went on a roll in the playoffs last year and made the title game. The reason they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They're a physical. They're not a flashy team. They're a very physical punch-you-in-the-mouth team. And the Chiefs punched them in the mouth. Willie Gay, half a sack. Welcome back, Willie. Jerry Sneed, half a sack. Colin Saunders, half a sack. Frank Clark, a sack and a half. And you know the important safety that he got. And Chris Jones, his sack came from the outside. I mean, isn't that nice to see? Because he's always dominated so much in the middle, including last year. Yeah. But he, but remember last year was a big experiment, putting him on the yeah, outside. Yeah, last year his, we were like, oh, he's going to come off the edge. And then that experiment didn't last. His bread and butter was made in the NFL on the inside. I mean, that's where he's been good. But when he gets outside and you're facing one-on-one, 
Like he's tough to block, man. Oh yeah. Like he's got the, he's got the bull rushing moves, and he's gonna be stronger than you. And when they put Chris Jones on the outside, this is what Spags had in mind. Like this is the kind of mismatch he was trying to create with Chris Jones being able to you know with his flexibility move him to the outside. This is like right now you're seeing what I think Spags envisioned. Yeah, and not only that, but like you don't like do, you don't expect if you're playing tackle against the Chiefs, you're usually looking against like. Speed guys like Dunlap, like Frank, those guys are, are speed rushers. And then you get a guy, and, and Karloff is more of a power rusher, but he's he's young, still very green. He's still got to learn the ropes as an NFL uh, edge rusher. But then you get a guy like Chris Jones. Chris Jones is taking on double teams every single time he's rushing the passer. And then you give him a one-on-one matchup against uh, a right tackle there, and he just kills him. Like, it's not fair. Like I would like to see Spags mix it, mix that in a little bit more. I don't want him rushing from the edge all the time, but I'd like for for them to flip things around and put him on the edge sometimes and let him go out there and get these one-on-one matchups. Cause we talked, I talked about this before last season. If Chris Jones gets one-on-one matchups in crucial moments, yeah, it's not good his win you. percentage is going to go up because it's so hard to block a guy that strong. And he's been screwed twice. Let's face it, that Colts game where he was just yeah, talking to Matt right. Ryan, didn't push him, didn't do anything yeah. else. Talking to him. Yeah. And he gets that, – that, 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 ex, that expanded the drive for the Colts, they win the game. Yeah. And then we all saw what happened with the, the Raiders the passer game, against yeah. the Raiders. It's a complete joke. But that's – and then – how about Snead? We talked about Colin Saunders and just kind of his attitude. Well, I forgot about Legereus. So let's talk about Legereus for a second. The attitude he possesses, how valuable he is blitzing from that nickel position. Like that really, if you have a pass rush and you've been looking for pass rush or whatever, supplementing him with guys like Legereus Snead is important. I mean, he's one of the best defensive backs in the history of the Kansas City Chiefs. Matter of fact, most sacks career defensive back for the Chiefs. Ron Parker had eight. Total from 2013 to 18. Legere Sneed at six and a half. Like Legere Sneed's going to be the Chiefs' all-time leading sacker for defensive backs. That's going to change this year. This season, the most sacks by a defensive back in a season. Ron Parker did it for the Chiefs back in 2015. Legere Sneed three and a half this year. Eric Berry once got three and a half back in 2013. So you're seeing Legere Sneed. He's just got that knack of getting back to the quarterback. He I, just does. I love – I don't want them to do it all the time because then teams start planning for it. And and we saw – I think it was the Bills game. They ran a blitz, and they they were looking for it. They they had the they had the running back come over and, and block him, and he did a good job of keeping Legereus out of the play. But I do like every now and then – like just play him in the slot and then mix in that blitz every now and then. Just to throw teams off. Well, you remember when Nick Bolton got a couple a couple weeks ago, like this, yeah, like from the inside linebacker. And keep an eye on Leo Chanel because that's what he's good at. You, you mentioned you do some stuff for pro football right. focus. Yeah. Well, he is the highest rated pass rusher at Wisconsin. He even had a better pass rushing grade than T.J. Watt when he was at Wisconsin. It's coming from the middle linebacker position. Yeah. He led them in sacks the last two years from the middle linebacker position, which is hard to do. It is very hard to do. The the one thing about uh, Chanel is that he's not. Uh, someone you can put in pass coverage right now and believe that he can confidently play back there. And until he improves his pass coverage, you can't put him out there very much because everyone knows he's just going to be blitzing. So and, and when they have that, luckily they have that in Willie Gay, right? Like, right. Willie Gay, when he came out uh, in the draft, he was the number one linebacker as far as pass coverage right. is concerned by 
your pro football focus group, college yes. football focus. Yeah. So he had that going for him. So it is a guy that can dominate in coverage. Yeah, and and he was like that's one of the things that's really kind of been missing for the Chiefs since he was suspended was that guy who could make plays in the passing game at linebacker. So him being there is really nice. Him being able to blitz is really nice because he's a good blitzer. So I'm actually really happy about him coming back here. And I, I, I'm really excited about the contribution he can bring because we knew when they drafted him in the second round a couple years ago what he could do. He just needed to go out there and get the opportunity to do it. Now him and Bolton look like a really good linebacker tandem. And Bolton... I, we talked about this a lot last year about how bad he was in pass coverage. He's not bad in pass coverage anymore. He flipped the switch. He's flipped the switch this year. I noticed it in preseason. But he's how, a tackling freaking beast. Yeah. Man. Oh, and yeah. I've told people, look, as great as Derek Johnson was, you could be looking eventually at the Chiefs all-time leading tackling. Very, very, very possible. Like he, Bolton has definitely uh, accepted the challenge as a run defender. But this year, he... As a pass, as as a as a coverage linebacker, he has gotten so much better, and I I'm glad that people are starting to see that now and give him his flowers because you could tell he's worked really hard to get better in pass coverage because he was not good last year, which is the reason why he only played 50 percent of the snaps, even though he led the team in tackles. Yeah, that's so the unbelievable part about him. Yeah, because he maximizes his time on the field. Exactly, and knowing that he is by far the most sure tackler. In the AFC West with the Kansas City yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, by far. I think in the AFC, I think you can argue he's the most sure tackler guy in the National Football League. The way he's playing right now, he better be in the NFL Top 100. But he, he, just, sure. bring, he just brings you down. Yeah. Like, and, like so many arm tackles we saw. We saw it against the Raiders. Remember, they went for it on fourth and one and got a touchdown because they went for it. But the Chiefs should have stopped and made it like fourth and six, fourth and seven. But a lot of the broken tackles, Josh Jacobs was breaking a lot. Josh Jacobs was on a hell of a roll. Yeah. He was breaking a lot, of, a lot of tackles in that game. And had they been able to tackle, but again, when Nick Bolton shows up, he brings you down. And you look, oh, that was thirty-two again. Of course it was. Yeah, he's just he flies everywhere. He's in. It just seems like he's always in the play. And every game, it seems like he's got like a really strong tackle for loss in the run game, where running back, you know, trying to hit the. They they kind of do a good job at crowding the hole there. Next thing you just see thirty-two. Behind the line of scrimmage, tackling the running back for a loss. It just seems like it's it's a common occurrence every game now. I'm telling you this, like if he's not in the if if he's not in the Pro Bowl race, then it's it's illegitimate that spot. And absolutely, he's got to be in the All Pro race for sure because he's playing his ass off right now at middle linebacker. Hundred percent, hundred percent makes a big difference on this defense. Andy Reid said a few interesting things, I think, including talking about Sky Moore. Andy Muffed Punt, but this uh, stuff brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Andy on what we've been talking about, the defensive line performance tonight or this afternoon, whatever, from the Chiefs. Yeah, I saw a relentless uh, football, um, and nothing tells you that more than what Frank did at the end there with the safety uh, against one of the great, he'll go down as one of the great offensive linemen ever play this game. I mean, he's he's tremendous football player ton of respect for him so um you know for for i I think all the guys do that you saw chris do the same thing carlos had a nice batted ball and a big penalty against him you know uh, so there there are some just positive things i uh, 99 was a contributor 91 was a contributor you saw um george uh had some positive snaps and uh, it's a good rotation Joe has going. 
uh, there. So. so you brought up Colin Saunders there. Did bring up Colin Saunders in number here. But here's uh, Andy Reid on the uh, addition of Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. Yeah, we, you know, we had put together a, a tape, on, if he did play, of all of his carries and catches. And so Spags buzzed through that. We figured they'd use something that'd be familiar to him. <clears throat> um, and we did. Now, he had some nice plays. He's a, he's a great player, and he's going to be a great addition. I mean, Kyle knows how to use offensive players, and he'll – He'll really, he'll be exciting once he gets in the flow of things. And Kyle's a lot like his dad, and Mike Sheenahan. They both excelled in the running game, and you know, running backs would leave and go elsewhere. Or something the success they had in Denver because of that zone blocking scheme. But here was Andy on Sky Moore's Muff Punt. This is the second one he's lost. It hasn't really affected the Chiefs, although one of them was in the Colts game. Was that right? Didn't Sky Moore fumble in the Colts yes, game? I think it was the, the Colts game. Yeah, it was, it was a killer for them. Yeah, it yeah. was in the, in the Colts game, and then he did it against the 49ers. Didn't hurt him today like it did against the Colts. But here's Andy Reid on Sky Moore, which he often gives guys a chance and a second chance. But how many chances before you get in Andy Reid's doghouse, which is not a great place to be? Now, listen, he, uh, from what I see, he, number one, he doesn't hang his head. And number two is he learns from his mistakes. So there, that was a tweener thing going on there, and and uh, he'll learn from that. And uh, I'm not I'm not that worried about him. You know, <clears throat> you say he learned from his mistakes. That that was similar to the play in Indianapolis, though. Uh, similar, but he had uh, yeah. There was it was different. <laughs> similar but different. A little bit different, similar but different. But uh, you know, that, Adam tried to laugh at that yeah. a little bit. But that's a ringing endorsement for him because he did the same thing with Kareem Hunt. Remember when he fumbled against the Patriots yeah. in his first game playing out there and then have one of the best games you've ever seen running and receiving the football in that game. But he, he shows the trust Andy Reid has there. He doesn't hang his head. Yeah, he doesn't. And that's and, the worst when a guy goes over there, takes the helmet off and like down. No. And it, it is, it's nice that he trusts his guys. But sometimes you don't want to trust people too much because you'll get burned. And uh, right now, they're, I mean, it's twice he's muffed punts if you already. You play with fire eventually. You're That's what I'm burned. saying. And the last, they already got burned against the Colts. That was one of the reasons why they lost the game. They cannot afford to let his, his mistake cost them again. What happens if it happens in the AFC Championship game against the Bills? We're going to be very mad that he kept putting them out there in that situation. So. At some point, you got to learn to not trust people that don't earn your trust, you know? Yeah, and he does He does trust you until you let him down at a certain point. But a big win for the Chiefs because they get next week off. They'll play the Titans on Sunday night. That'll uh, be in two weeks. So it's a good little rest time for the Chiefs. They played physical football with the Niners today. It was great to see. Again, number one defense in the NFL. The Chiefs just don't care about it. Ooh, Doesn't matter. They're the number one defense. Doesn't matter. Chiefs, like if, if they do that to the number one defense, what do they do against what are they the worst do defense? defense? Yeah. You know, what do they do against your favorite team's defense? It's not going to be pretty. Chris and Ocero producing the operation. Always good to work with you, Chris. It's we're, always we're fun, We had a man. lot of fun with the draft and yeah. everything else in post games as well. Good seeing you tonight. Uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks after the Titans game. So remember, stay up late. Grab that coffee, go to Waffle House, whatever. We'll be there in two weeks. Thanks for joining us tonight. Big win for the Kansas City Chiefs, 44-23 over the 49ers. See you guys in two weeks. 
Hey, this is Trent McDuffie, and you're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app.